there's three constants in life which are, are non-negotiable for people, which are pain, uncertainty, and constant work. Right. No matter how much development, progress, success you get, you will always have those three things in your life. Mm. And I think that what the process of coaching sometimes can be misconceived as is this happy, happy, positive, amazing process. The best coaches I've had, I've like had a lot of challenge. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams and organisations. Enjoy the episode. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Helping People Perform. Uh, delighted to be joined today all the way from Dubai. We have ourselves a professional coach and founder of the Awakened Man Project. Welcome to the show today, Ben Owen. Benjamin Owen. Oh, oh yeah, man. Don't, yeah, my, my, mother, my mother and my mentor call me Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, really absolute pleasure to, to be here with you, Paul. Thanks. Thanks for being on the show today. Uh, and really looking forward to hearing about your story because I think you've got an amazing background uh, and then you're going on to do some great things as well. So thanks for joining us. And maybe we can start off with a bit of that background in terms of what got you to where you are today. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I've been into helping people perform, you know, like <laughs> the show since I was very young. I, I was very lucky to be an elite athlete and whilst I was doing athletics and, you know, training, I, I would train my friends. I'd train anyone with a wallet, uh, a wallet, wallet and a pulse. Um, yeah. but just more, more that I was just, I loved helping people get into exercise early, early parts of my career yeah. and went to do the sports science, the masters, all that sort of stuff. And that quickly got me into working with high performing men and women so like podium potential right. people that wanted to get on a podium or people that wanted to play play for a professional team and albeit i loved that arena of elite sport mm. i think my my passion just resided in helping your you know parents school teachers professional people mm. make the most of their energy their fitness and i just loved it you know i really i was really lucky to fall into my passion really early on in life right like I, I exited university and within a couple of years i had a, a flourishing business starting and a bit dissimilar to a lot of trainers who spend all the time on a gym floor i would have conversations with people I would sit in a consult room and we would explore all the things that were happening outside of the fitness, the gym mm. that was stopping them from getting their, the results that they wanted in their life. And it was, it was the fastest and best education I ever had, you know, sitting with yeah. a, a guy who tells you more than anything that he wants to lose weight, but can't seem to get the actions to match that desire. And right. and I watch people spend lots of money use lots of energy, spend enormous amounts of time trying to get these transformations. And I was always fascinated about what was getting in the way. Right. And that was just my my 20s, a really, really big part of my 20s. Have you ever done a body transformation, Paul? I certainly have, once or twice. And it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, it's tough, isn't it? You know, yeah. you know yourself, it's like you get into these endeavors and it, it's not as simple as calories in, calories out. It, it, well, it, it, it technically it is, mm. But everything around that is what makes it a bit more challenging. Yeah. And so 
I wasn't into fast cars. I wasn't into, you know, ridiculous holidays or buying houses. I just wanted to reinvest all the cash that I made in the early parts of my career in mentors and learning and education. So I've, I've been very lucky to work with some of the best coaches, mentors, um, consultants in the world, mm. helping people you just really like break down the bar- uh, barricades and the, the blocks to them performing at their highest potential. Right. And it started very much as the body in my twenties. But as I, as I, I got a little bit more wise and maybe <laughs> <laughs> I, I started really helping people with their mindset, you know, really just looking at slowing down and what are the things, what are the stories, what are the beliefs that are stopping someone from right. achieving what they wanted. And yeah, that was it. You know, I really just went a mile deep on these two things, body and, and brain. Yeah. And then in my own life, when I hit my thirties, I had a flourishing coaching business. My 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 fitness business was going well. Uh, I had some real big struggles in my own life. I really struggled in my relationship. It led to getting divorced, you know, a married and divorced in a year. And I just had this huge amount of rage. You know, I, I just had this unexplained rage and anger. I, it felt like I was every single day, it was one more straw, which would make break the camel's back. And, right. and what I realized is that there was some parts of my personal development that I hadn't attended to, which was my, what I call now my backbone, mm. courage, anti-fragility, integrity, all these things that guys need to have. Mm. And I was this happy-go-lucky guy, a painted smile on my face, but yet inside I was quite angry. And mm. um, and I, it was normal, but I just really, really struggled with that. Mm. And I went on this journey over the last five years, which has been men's work, where it's therapy, sharing, learning from other men, being honest and open about my feelings, and and really just changing the way that I perform. And and this has probably been the icing on the cake for me, because I think they all work together. You know, having a great body means that you've got energy. Having a great mindset means that you can set goals and achieve them. But having the backbone, having the resilience, the courage to have hard conversations, that's what really... I think changed my life. So yeah, that's kind of like a whistle stop tour of of a bit of of what where I've been yeah. and where I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fascinating. And, and you know, I, I think like many of us, we've heard that body and mind piece, um, but the backbone bits are a, a new one to me. So uh, let's um, let's maybe delve into that in a little bit. But I just want to ask a, a couple of follow up questions there in terms of so growing up, you you were an elite athlete. What what was your sport? Just out of interest, as four hundred and eight hundred meter runner, right, and. Uh, are there any things of that particular um, uh, sport or of that particular uh, focus that you've taken as lessons? You know, what makes a good 400, 800 meter runner that you can go, right, actually, we can extract some of the principles of that <laughs> and, uh, and move forward? The ability to tolerate pain. Right. Uh, and I, I don't say that lightly. 400 meter running, if you know anything about it, it, it it's painful. Hmm. You, you are, uh, it's your ability to tolerate excruciating lactic when you're running around the track. Right. And my my mentor and the guy I follow, one of my gurus, if you wish, a guy called Phil Stutz, he talks about this, this, your life changes when you turn towards pain and away from comfort. And right. and this is, a, this is what I sell to guys on a daily basis and people. I'm like, if you turn towards the things that you believe to be painful and away from the comfort, your life will change. Right. 
whether that's getting up at four or 5 a.m., whether that's doing the workout, whether that's having that hard conversation, it's painful. Mm. And and it's the same with 400 meter running. So what would happen is that you do a really hard rep. Like, you know, you'd be really pushing it around and then you'd have a, maybe a minute or two to gather your spirit, your soul, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then return back to the line to go and do it again. Right. And I think that just, you know, that ability to do that um, was what made me a good 400 meter runner. And it equally is what I use in my coaching now. So yeah, great question, by the way. Yeah. Great question. I thought. Yeah, I mean, because 400 meters for me is, I mean, I've, I've never been a, a runner as such, but uh, 400 meters has always seemed to me that uh, awkward distance of you've pretty much got a sprint. But you, as you say, you've gone, the 200 meters seems to be the limit of the, the lactic tolerance. And then you've got to do that again to uh, to get there. So it's, whereas 800 meters, you can, I think you can start to justify a little bit of a pacing and, uh, yeah. and making sure you're there. But but 400 meters, you see the Michael Johnsons, you see the, the greats, and they they literally just sprinted around the whole track, haven't they? Yeah. And and, and that's the thing is that I think that um, it is. And, and I was very lucky to have that uh I'd say that that conditioning as a youngster, I, I mm. loved it. I, you know, it was, but it taught me so much. And in, I was very lucky at the same time. Another thing, I had, I had a great coach. I had a great coach. I, I went through, so when I was um, 18, my stepdad passed away. Um, not my father, but, you know, pretty much my in-house father, fantastic guy. Yeah. Uh, really, really helped me learn so much. And I had, didn't as a 18 year old boy mm. i didn't know how to deal with that with death yeah. you know i was 17 18 years old and i went to the track every single day and i didn't have to be the guy that was mourning and going through breathing he just chatted to me about my, my training and he'd you know give me a little hug and and he would just nurture me through challenge right. and like like looking back that's kind of who I've been for a lot of my clients over the last mm. 15, 20 years is that stable, constant, you know, not positive, but it's neutral person in their life. It's really helped there to help them perform. Mm. And that's why, you know, I had a great, great coach, a guy called Phil Oliver. Right. And he's probably, I would say one of the best coaches in the UK, if not the world. He was such an amazing coach yeah. uh, year after year. He'd have champions because he was so, so nurturing and, you know, coaching, Coaching doesn't come from therapy. So I, I'm a professional coach. People often think that, that that coaching is similar to therapy. There is therapeutic interventions and, and ways that some coaches kind of practice. But therapy is therapy. Coaching is about, it actually came from sports coaching. Hmm. And um, yeah, I've just had, you know, they were, the, they were the, the real kind of foundational people in my life, my sports coaches. Yeah. And yeah, that's who I model a lot of how I behave on now. No, it's a great reflection. Just reflecting on my own experiences. Although I was, I did, I played some semi-decent level badminton back in my my days. I was uh, nice, uh, uh, sort of county championships and things like that. And uh, but and we had coaches, but it 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 was never a massive impact on me in in that stage. But um, having thought about it, it wasn't until I was probably in my late thirties that I got exposed to a business coach or or, or any sort of life coaching elements and i think having that exposure in your early stages and your formative years of the value that coaching brings particularly if you've got a great coach then yeah. that can at least highlight to you that actually there's value in doing this and a lot of people don't go to a coach because they don't know what that means to them and the experience that they can get to it um so that's a, a maybe one for 
people to think about is how do you challenge yourself on that? But also if you've got kids growing up, you know, how do you get them exposed to coaching, to therapies, to things that are going to serve them well in future life as well? So um, and the other point, I've made, got to make a note of this because it's the first time I've heard someone mention this, is you talked about coaching not being negative or positive, but being neutral. And I really like that. So can you t tell me a bit more about what you mean by by that? Because often people yeah. will say your coach has to be the positive one and the really upbeat no. and all, all yeah, yeah, so, great, yeah, yeah, great observation. Um, so, so I'll just I'll tell you where it came from. I, in my twenties, I believed that if I read enough positive um, psychology, yep. if I succeeded enough, if I did all these things that was going to make me happy, mm. I would someday be exonerated from pain. Nice. <laughs> be it naivety, yeah. be it um, just a, a, a kind of a, a mindset I'd created. It was just, I was like, okay, well, if I, if I spend enough on personal development, if I do enough coaching, if I do enough enough personal growth, if I earn enough money, then one day I'll be magically exonerated from feeling pain, like right. struggle. Mm. And, and that's kind of who I was being for a lot of my clients in the early parts of my coaching journey was mm. this kind of happy guy that was to lift him up and which you absolutely have that role sometimes in someone's life as a coach however what i realized is that there's three constants in life which are, are non-negotiable for people which are pain uncertainty and constant work right. no matter how much development progress success you get you will always have those three things in your life mm. and i think that what the process of coaching sometimes can be misconceived as is this happy, happy, positive, amazing process. The best coaches I've had, I've like had a lot of challenge. Like I've mm. been in a coaching session. I've, I I absolutely hate my coach in that moment because they're holding a mirror to me. Yeah. They're perhaps asking me some really uncomfortable questions. But Christ, I'm growing like enormously in that session. So it's not it's not negative, mm. nor is it positive. It's kind of neutral. It's someone there who, who's on your side but they're willing to just stay in the neutral space and say, well, what about this? Or what about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that when you see coaching like that, mm. it's a way, way better process for the person being coached. Right. And yeah. So yeah. And, and, and I, what I've really talked about re more recently is like targeted neutral thinking. Right. So it's not, it's not positive, nor is it negative. It's just, it, it just is. And yeah. then making, making some actions from that. So yeah, it's hopefully that explains that. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's fascinating. I think the um, it reminded me a little bit of you know I don't know if you've ever heard Johnny Wilkinson talking and, and the stuff he does on uh, you know the high performance podcast and all, all this. It's um, uh, that element of you can if you set yourself up for those peaks too much, then the troughs are equally if not you know bigger. You know, and he talks about the World Cup and the three five seconds after the winning the World Cup, he's basically in depression. You know, so and now he starts to get enough the same amount of enjoyment from washing the dishes as he does something else. You know, it's like in the moment, I'm neutral. I don't let myself get too high, get too low. It's just a case of you know, there are dangers at the uh, at the extremes. Um, yeah, not, not I, so you I can't agree. have them, but it's uh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and yeah. and I, and I think that's what I help people do is i make their highs higher and their lows higher mm. but very much we you know keeping them really nice and steady right and uh, if you look at anything that anyone that performs uh it's about just consistency mm. you know uh, and I, I know 
guys that seek the highs, you know, as Mark Manson says in his book, you know, happiness versus highs. And the guys that seek the highs are when they buy the Ferrari or they buy the house or they go on this bucket list holiday, they're constantly seeking the highs when happiness is, as a guy called Sean Acor describes, is the joy that we experience striving towards our potential. Right. And I can think back to like over the last couple of weeks and my happiest moments are when I'm striving towards my potential. And that's not always pleasure. It's sometimes, yeah. again, it's pain. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, so maybe let's delve into it a little bit then about the Awakened Man Project and what you do now. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, thank you for, for asking. And so, so really, um, I, str- I struggled enormously when, when I had my first kick in my life, you know, I, I did have a great twenties. I, I, I seemed to, things seemed to come to me really easy. The business did really well. I built a fitness business. We had about 300 clients. There were things in that time that were just like, yeah, you know, we were making money. Mm. Um, I had, I built a big coaching business, and I'd never really struggled. I, I'd, I'd love to, like, I lost my stepdad early in my life. That was hard, but I moved out away from that struggle. Mm. But I'd never really come across like a, almost like an existential struggle. And when the same time I got divorced, I had a bit of stuff going on in the business where I had a massive VAT bill because I hadn't accounted for it. I had all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, and I didn't know where to turn. That was ultimately what was, I I tried coaching mm. and coaching wasn't enough because I couldn't find the right coach. I had some great coaches, but I didn't find the right coach for that point. I didn't feel like as a man, I didn't feel broken because mm. for a lot of guys, we're stoic. We don't like to share our feelings, our thoughts, emotions. So people were like, oh, go and go see a therapist. And I'm like, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not depressed. That's what I, like. I'm not, depressed. And, you know, I was naive to say that I wasn't depressed, but I was suppressed. Right. And there was just this this feeling like this anger. Uh, my jaw was tight. I was I had headaches, and this and I was like, something's not right. I need to get some help with this. And then so, I actually reached out to a, a great friend of mine, is ex British and Irish Lions uh, conditioning coach, and he said, oh, "I've got a, I've got a retreat going on for Ben, mm. where we just come in, come. You know, you'll get a lot from it." And I was like, "Yeah." Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, I decided to go. It was transformational. And it was guys sitting around in a circle talking about life and their dark, dark stuff. Mm. And this was come, uh, coupled with meditation, yoga, breath work, like some really cool stuff. I'm not going to say it all because they keep it, keep it secret because it's like a part of what they do. Yeah. And, um, it just it it was massively healing. It was really really powerful, and I was around groups of men who were successful in their own right. They had built businesses. They had great great businesses and, and families and everything I wanted. Right. But what happened afterwards? There wasn't a there wasn't anywhere for me to go and carry on doing that work. You know, I'd been on a retreat. It was seven days. It was nice. It was away. No phone for seven days. All this sort of stuff, and. I couldn't find anyone who I wanted to do the work with. So I went to like various men's groups. I looked at different support groups and there wasn't, it wasn't it. Right. It wasn't my guys. So I created it. You know, I said to my mentor at the time, you seen, I said, I want to start a men's group where we talk about money, family, health, fitness, all that sort of stuff. And I said, I've looked for one. And he just said, well, why, why don't we start it? And I was like, 
me and you. Like he was my mentor. This guy was a you know he's a fantastic man, and he said, yeah, let's let's start it. You know, I, me and Pete, my other business partner, we we started something a while ago. It didn't really kick off. Hmm. Why don't we just use the the guys that we talked to originally? See if anyone wants to come and join us. And it was just post pandemic. It was like, right. It was in the pandemic, so we just started reaching out to guys saying, hey, do you want to come in? do some work with us, like mm. work on yourself, work on your business. And it, it was just guys just said, yes, you know, they just said, yes, I really need this right now. It was, it was expensive. It was a real investment. It was a daily call, everything that would probably repel a lot of guys, but guys were just saying, yeah, this is what I really want. Mm. I need, I'm, I'm looking for this. I'm lonely because right. if you think about it, pandemic, a lot of guys like us, you know, mm. Paul, you imagine you work in your own space. Um, we're just, lonely they were just lonely and it's not there's nothing weak about that it was just mm. like they weren't connected to other men yeah. and so we created this this daily call system and guys just started we didn't do a lot of business discussions we didn't do a lot of talking about how to run your business but because guys were starting to be honest right they were starting to have hard conversations they were working on the relationships they were pushed by other guys mm. they started performing better we had guys doubling their profit margins doubling their take-homes, starting new businesses. We had you know, a couple of guys, they went for the up the career ladder, two or three rungs. So they were like in- incredible. And it was all for men's work and being like work on themselves. And I just, you know, the three of us after a year, Pete, uh, my business partner was in a, a full-time architectural practice. And he said, you know what? I'm, I want to be in full-time. I'm, I love this. I love what right. we're doing here. I love the impact we're having because it is impactful. It's, it's incredible because like these guys are fathers, they're partners mm. and it's the work that we wanted to do as well. So yeah, it's just really grown quite organically and with a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> like, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just really powerful work. And we, we do the deep work where we do like, you know, therapeutic work with a therapist on a retreat every year. Yeah. But equally we just, hold each other to a higher standard, challenge each other. Mm. And yeah, that's essentially what we created, just an, an arena for guys to sharpen up every day. And oh, yeah, brilliant. And, and, and that's it, it really, yeah. Is that, um, so geographically, are, are, are people all around the world, are they in certain areas? Where, how, how, how does the, the group sort of, what does a group look like? Or, or um, how many people would, would be in a, a group together? And uh, how do they interact? Yeah, good question. Um, the originally i thought it would just be in the uk because i was in the uk right and um we it's online it's fully online it's all on through zoom really easy to access uh we started off with people mainly in the uk and a bit of europe but canada um we even got new zealand like we had a daily call at 12 noon uk it kind of catered for both sides of the pond you know like yeah. america and some canada and equally to dubai yeah, we've had guys from all over the world. Brilliant. And it I think the the only thing I could think think would be similar would be like AA. Okay. But right. but people come together in AA over alcohol. Mm. Whereas people come to awaken man over just being a better man. Right. They just like I don't need to get over alcohol or drugs and I'm just like I just want to be the best it can be. Right. And yeah, and, and so what we did is we, we we started off kind of like the Tesla model. We started off with a premium product, like a really like, you know, you got coaching from me and a group of, of guys. Yeah. 
And then when we had about 15, 20 guys, we started a community, which is like a lower tier level. So kind of, we started at the top and moved down a bit like Tesla. Yeah. Um, and that was what we've created. Like now we've got two products and, and whether you're a guy looking to get, you know, high level support mm. or you guy just looking to be part of a community of men. Right. We've now got men just coming and doing the work with us. And yeah, it's amazing because guys are looking for this, but they don't know that they're looking for it. This is right. something, you know, it's what we're finding. Like guys saying like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I needed, but I didn't know this was it mm. because, um, that, you know, as I said before, guys don't really know what self-development is. Some like, you know, they read a book and do some stuff on it. Whereas actually there's a lot of healthy challenge in our, in our communities where guys are pushing each other, like, come on, you can do this and right. asking each other to step up in every way. And, and as I've, as I've kind of matured in the business, I've just realized the impact that it has on, on a massive level. You know, I'm like, so yeah, it's it's been. I was quite evangelic about it, as you can tell. <laughs> oh, that's great! And I think you you know you you should be, and you you have to be from a when this is a, a business yourself, but also when you see the value, um, and it's as you say, there's business uh, results coming through, but I'm sure there's equal, if not greater, results just in general life coming through yeah. for people in terms yeah. of their relationships and their health and their uh, their well being. Yeah, well, even when I started it, so I, I you know, total honesty, I remember saying to Yasin, I was like, oh, I want to do this. And he's like, okay, we'll call it the Awakened Man Project. And I was like, hang a second. I absolutely cannot lead this. I'm not awakened. I am so unawakened. And I, I <laughs> at the time I had like a bit of, I was probably drinking more frequently than I wanted to, not not like excessively. I, you know, I had a couple of beers on the weekend and I probably had a borderline porn addiction. I wasn't a man of my word. I was, there was some integrity gaps. Right. And I just felt like, oh, who am I to lead? And I actually said to this, who am I to lead this? And he said, you, this is exactly why you've got to do this. Right. And over the last two years of leading the guys, I've closed all those gaps. Right. I've got rid of all my vices. I'm, I'm not like a, a monk on a hillside <laughs> now, I'm, but I am free from alcohol, porn, and I don't take drugs. <laughs> I've, I've worked heavily on my relationship. And it's helped me become the man that I want to be and want to be in the world. And and that was a big thing. And me doing that has been instrumental for the other guys as well. I do my work with my clients. Right. It's not like a hierarchy where uh, better than thou, holier yeah. than thou. It's more like we're all in this together. And I, I think we've cultivated that kind of community. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of guys resonate with. Mm. We're not this kind of, you know, perfected, polished. It's like, no, I'm, I'm imperfect too. So yeah, I think it's definitely worth mentioning that as well. Yeah, no, and and there's a maybe it, it, my next question is always around how do you help yourself perform? And it sounds as if one of the main channels is just being involved in with those teams as well. But w what are the sort of things that you do to help you be at your best? Oh yeah, um, I'm wake, I wake up at four thirty, four forty every morning. Um, I always have been an early riser. Mm. At, I work on myself before the kids get up. I got two young daughters, right. one of which now try decides to get up at four forty-five now because <laughs> you can hear my coffee machine going off probably. Um, I I train every day, so if it's if it's got the word day in the in the week, in the I'm out training. Right. Whether that's a walk, whether it's a run, whether it's a gym, I'm just always doing something. Yeah. Um, 
I'm very, very conscious of my integrity gaps, like where I say to someone to do something, I'm not doing it myself. Right. And sometimes I'll I'll say something to a client, I'll be like, okay, what about doing this? And I'll just say, actually, I'm out of integrity here, I'm going to go and do that as well. Mm. So kind of that's, and then the other thing is, is have support networks. Mm. This, you know, BS narrative that men develop is that I, if it is to be, it's up to me on my own. Right. I'm a man, I'm a lone wolf. And guys coming into our universe, they notice that like, oh, I, I feel I've just got so much more. They see what's possible. Right. So a lot of my clients are wealthier than me. Some mm. of them have got better relationships than me. They're, they're just like, they've worked on the relationships. And I gleam so much from there because mm. they get to talk about them openly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to go and do that. So I think men learning from men mm. is something that... You know, if you if you follow back a little bit of history, is that men used to be around men, mm. and men have been segregated from men. Like a lot of us work online, a lot of us have been, uh, you know, we've been we've been isolated. Mm. So my to work on myself, I'm in amongst my clients every single day, right. and yeah, that's a, that's a big one for me. And and the final thing is having the right support right. in my life. I've got a guide. My business partner, you've seen, he's my guide, my trusted guide. I trust him with, with anything. I'll tell him anything, really. Right. I've got a therapist, which I work with when I need to. Yep. Which changed my life. I, you know, I'm a really big advocate for therapy, and I've, I've got a group, hmm. and I've got a group where, I don't go and bitch off about the weather or moan about my my partner. It's a group of men who will say, "No, Ben, step it up now. Come on." Yeah. And and I think that is what, if you even look at elite sports people, they've got other people in their team and their group. And if you look at elite business people, they all have coaches and mentors. Yeah. To think that you can do this on your own is naive. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I, it is naive because uh, no, is it, no man is no man is an island, you know. Yeah. And it's the same for women as well. But women, I, f- I find, are much much better at seeking support mm. than men. Um, not saying every man and not saying every woman, but at the same time, you know, I work with a, a lot of women as well hmm. and they're very good at opening up, whereas guys can be a bit more stoic. So yeah, that, that's how I perform. Um, and just doing all the things that need to be done, you know, really just, I've got a protocol every day. I follow it. I eat exceptionally well hmm. and I've, yeah, I've got rid of my vices, which was the final part, like getting rid of, alcohol like don't take drugs mm. i i it just means i get a lot of my my energy from experiences like i go running in the morning with my, my best buddy yeah we do stuff with the kids it means that like you said before i don't have the high highs or the low lows i'm just steadily feeling great so yeah oh that's some great lessons to be learned in that in its own right so uh um and so Let's ask a slightly different question. If you you've got this skill set and you've got this um, approach, where you could help any anyone out there in terms of and you said you work with men and women, you work with all sorts of people. Who would you want that to be? If you could work with any one individual or maybe a team of people, maybe even an organization. Uh, if you had that sort of ideal client, who would you want that to be, and why? I love working with leaders. Right. Uh, I love working with with especially men and women who have got a big force for growth. They know that they want to do something like really, really powerful with their life. Yeah. 
but there's these seemingly tiny things that seem to get in the way. So yeah. I do my best work. It's, right. it's, it's hard. I'm almost like a surgeon getting to know what, what those things are. You know, I, I talk a lot about self-sabotage right. and uh, there's a, a famous, uh, I think it's like Newton's third law, if you wish. Uh, every force has an equal and opposing force. So if you're a business leader, a high-performing man or woman, you've got a big force for growth. There's a big external force that you have to change the world. Mm. And equally, there's an internal force acting against you, which right. is your self-saboteur, your this kind of and the way this kind of manifests in in everyday life is that you're about to write a really important piece of work mm. and you get the biggest wave of procrastinative thoughts i'll go and make a cup of tea i'll do the hoovering i'll go and text someone i'll go and scroll i'll do the seemingly dumb stuff that are getting in the way of important work and actually that's where a lot of work for a lot of high performing people exists it's like overcoming these really really small resistances that show up in their life mm. and yeah i i just love removing the brakes and that's what happens when you get someone who's already performing well uh, I, I like working with people that are already performing well and want to perform better yeah. and you just see magic happen these people are massive forces for growth so mm. yeah they're my ideal people oh wonderful and um Let's switch that on its head a little bit then. If you could sit down and uh, and have a chat, you know, have, maybe have a meal, sit down, have have that ability to learn from anyone um, and any individual that's out there, and you say, right, if I could just sit down and learn from them, uh, that I I believe that would really have a, a positive impact on my own performance. Yeah, I've actually had the luxury of doing it with a lot of the people I, I you know, I really if if I find a mentor, I go and do what I can to go and sit with them. Right. Um, there's a there's a guy called Phil Stutz. I'd mentioned him earlier on. And if you go on Netflix and you want to watch a really good documentary about psychotherapy, yeah. modern psychotherapy, a guy called Phil Stutz, the, the documentary called Stutz. And he's the, or he was the psychotherapist for the likes of Jay-Z, Jeff Bezos, Will Smith, all these different people have worked with him. Uh, Jonah Hill, Joaquin Phoenix. Right. And, he's just got this incredible way of looking at the world, you know, mm. really just like, wow. And he, and he says such insightful things that are just very contrary to what you would believe. Right. And since I followed Phil's work with, with Barry as co-author, mm. um, I've just, my, my life's improved enormously. Yeah. Um, so they, they wrote the book called the tools. Right. And these are little, these are little like five to 10 second visualizations you can use in the moment as you're struggling with the things that you struggle with in life, be it your vices, arguments, hard conversations, courage, standing on a stage, mm. all the things high performers have to do. So I learned those tools and I teach them to my clients right. and I use them myself. And um, so I'll just try to give you a walkthrough of one. Just like yeah, a, yeah, please do. Yeah, so, so this is one you can do, especially if you live in, in the UK, you can't do it in Dubai because the water's not cold enough. So <laughs> every single morning I just, I'd, I'd have a shower. This is when I was in the UK. I'd, I'd have a shower and it would be run it, run it like normal shower, three, five minutes, however long it at the end of the shower, you turn it as cold as it'll go. Yeah. And then you just see the cold water is the thing that you're avoiding that day. You see it's pain. Right. And and then you just walk, you step into the, the cold shower and you say, I love, I love pain. Pain sets me free. 
and you're just standing there for 20 seconds, let it wash over your head, the pain of that thing. And then you st- you turn around, obviously being careful not to fall over, um, and then step out of the shower and yeah. you're like, bring it on. And you walk into the day and you go and take on your challenges. And it's just that they kind of like somatic reminder of, you know, the pain mm-hmm. moving towards your pain sets you free. And I tell you what, if you've had a cold shower, it's, been, it's never as bad as that, right? No. <laughs> and and obviously that that's just a, one of the ways the permutations of the, of some of the tools that they're actually none of them you need a shower you do them in your mind right but we just have clients doing things like that and then all of a sudden they start to walk towards their pains and then their life changes so yeah like that came from Phil's work right. and very profound very logical mm. and there's there's a bit of a I think he treads the line between woo woo. <laughs> and, and science and, and you know and real decent psychology really really well so yeah yeah oh well we'll, we'll make sure we put a, a link to that video and uh and the book and things in the in the show notes so people can check it out for themselves so um and speaking of links um where can people find out more where do people go to uh to connect with you to connect with the uh with the awakened man project yeah so um i on most platforms at coach benjamin owen on instagram i've been growing my instagram following for the last couple of months i really working on that sharing my message on there um i'm in the infant stage of that uh, but we've also got the awaken man podcast uh and that's where it's just me and pete and we share about our lives and the work that we're doing so we we get very open and honest yep. we, we talk about everything we we're kind of like a what you see is what you get. It's really open. It's we don't hold anything back. Yeah. And we've talked about our experience of growing a, a seven-figure business together, and it's been powerful. Mm. And doing that, and and it's been a real hero's journey in itself. It's been a real experience. And yes, the, the Awake Man podcast is is our free gift to the world there's so much stuff in there from how to navigate hard conversations in your relationships how to navigate divorce how to make offers and improve your business everything that I, we both wanted when we were doing what we've been doing so yeah it's been oh, great brilliant stuff and i'll make sure we've got links to all of that so people can check it out for themselves and, and reach out and uh, i do I say this in virtually every episode and is that, you know, I encourage my listeners just to reach out, check out these things, reach out to the individuals who, who are guesting on this show. Cause that's part of the reason you come on here is to, to get people to connect and see what their stories are and if, and how you can support them going on. So, um, uh, Ben, absolutely love this conversation today. You're doing some amazing work and, uh, I'm, I'm going to be going and checking out some of that material myself for, for a bit of integrity on my own part. So, uh, um, Thanks for so much for being uh, on the show and for sharing your story uh, today, Ben. Thank you so much, Paul. Really enjoyed our conversation. Speak soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.